when I used to work fine dining, it used to drive me nuts that one pedal out of place and I'd just be like, no, stop, bring the dish back. Like it has to look exactly the way I want it to look, it has to be perfect. And I don't know, it just used to drive me nuts. People would just, you know, be really slack happy and just chuck something on a plate. I'd be like, no. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. In the past, hotel restaurants and food offerings had a bad rap down under, but a lot has changed. One element of commercial cookery in hotels that has helped build the foundation of so many careers is the pastry programs. What does this foundation bring and where is it headed? Melanie Day is the head pastry chef of the Sofitel on the Gold Coast. Melanie, how are you? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? I'm good. You've uh, spent your whole career in the pastry section of various hotels. Um, What's it been like in the engine room of such big food programs doing the pastry? um, Yeah, that's a good question. Usually pastry chefs are under the pump. Um, In Australia, like my experience with hotel pastry kitchens – yeah, we kind of, we get, you know, the, the hard tasks of um, making the crowd pleasers and the, the wow desserts and the amazing room amenities and, you know, all everything expected to be just, you know, five star and on the money with zero budget and um, minimal staff. So <laughs> it's um, just the usual um, kind of, uh, yeah, I feel like in Australia, um the pastry kitchens are kind of in the hotels. They're a little bit, um, they're, they're kind of dying, which is a bit sad, but you know, it's, um, it is what it is at the moment, but yeah, hopefully they'll make a comeback. (laughs) Take us back to when you were young. What was, what sort of role did food play for you and your family? Right. So, um, yeah, I grew up, I grew up in um, a small country town called Pittsworth, just west of Toowoomba. And um, we actually, like my grandfather, he grew all the fruit and veggies and that that's how it started for me was actually like seeing it from start to finish. And, um, you know, seasonal, we used to pick all the fruit and we used to help granddad in the kitchen. We used to make, make you know, like – apricot jam and tomato relish and then you know some days we'd just be sitting there um topping and tailing beans with my granddad like in his kitchen and yeah that um that's kind of where it started like you know just amazing produce that just the smell the smell of even just fresh peas in a pod and stuff like that like I still remember I can still remember how that smells um and my grandfather used to kill, you know, we used to have our own um, chickens and turkeys and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, he used to do all that when we were younger. Um, so that's kind of where it started. My mum was really amazing at baking. So she used to always be in the kitchen cooking things. And um, she actually has photos of me when I was really, really young sitting on the bench, you know, falling asleep while she was cooking because I help her um she's she's obviously um 
and she was in the Country Women's Association. So she, yeah, she was a really great cook. She used to just, she still does bakes amazing scones. Everyone raves about mum's scones. Is there anything that your mum baked when you were a kid that you um, can tell us about that you remember? Mum used to make these really awesome um, peanut butter biscuits. Like they were like, as soon as we, if we came home from school and um, you could smell them like in the oven baking, you could just smell peanut butter. And um, yeah, we used to be obsessed with them. If she was making them, there was, well, if she was in the process of making them, we would probably eat half of the dough, but if they were already baked, they didn't last very long. (laughs) When did you start to get interested in food and and consider it as a career path? Well, it's funny, like with that being my background, like I just kind of took it for granted. Like I knew I knew how to cook like that because that's just what we did. And I knew, you know, we knew how to grow fruits and veggies and stuff and that was just how it was. So I never really considered it until when I was in high school. I went to a boarding school in Toowoomba and – um we had a really amazing hospitality program. Basically, I did hospitality in senior year and we won like a junior culinary competition. Uh, so, got offered a chef's apprenticeship straight out of high school and I had the option to – basically, I was choosing uh, between – I got accepted to go to university to do a visual arts degree or a uh, chef's apprenticeship straight up. They were my two options when I – graduated grade 12 so that was back in 2000 and so um at that point in my life I just wanted to earn money you know (laughs) living at home and all that sort of stuff so um yeah I went with the chef's apprenticeship but um yeah that's how that's how it started that's how my chef's chef's career I actually I actually spent the first 10 years in like kitchens as a chef before I um, started pastry. <laughs> Tell us about those first couple of years. Do you, do you remember what it was like in the, in the kitchen and the challenges? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I've never really like delved into it, or, but um, it was, you know, it was in Toowoomba, which is still, that was still pretty regional you know, then, and there wasn't many girls. There was not very many females in the kitchen. So the first kitchen I worked was like a gastropub and um, it was like one of the busiest ones in Toowoomba. And, um, yeah, it was all all male kitchen. It was brutal. I was like really shy and quiet and didn't really say much and, um, yeah, just basically got eaten alive. <laughs> You could say that. Definitely those experiences, though, have made me, you know, who I am today, very like a resilient chef, that's for sure. (laughs) Over that first decade before you delved into pastry, what what were some of the really integral moments um, that sort of guided your career? Um, Well, I feel like, you know, I never – I was never lucky enough really to have someone – to be like a mentor or anything like that, which is a lot of chefs, you know, say, oh, you know, this person guided me and this person guided me. Um, yeah, I just never really had that. I I was always like trying to read books and research and find recipes and all that sort of stuff. But my idea was just if I could just get as much experience as possible, like 
it was sad that I wasn't even thinking like, oh, I'm going to be the best. It was literally just, I just want to learn and I just want to know like more and I want to, you know, create amazing food that people will love. Like that was, that was pretty much, that was when I was a chef, that was it. And, um, yeah, for, for 10 years, I feel like I, I really, um, I worked in all different like cafes, restaurants. I did fine dining. I did, you know, the whole lot. Um, and just trying to find where I fit it in. Like, sound. I don't know if that sounds a bit cliche, but I really, really just was trying to figure it all out and find where I fit it in. And, um, yeah, then I really, really loved doing desserts and I knew that I had, you know, I had a knack for desserts. I would always get thrown the, here, Melanie, you do the dessert menu, please. You can you can sort that out. You can be on dessert section. You can do dessert and lighter. Like, that was literally, that was me. That's what I got lumped with, and so, but I loved it. Um, so, yeah. Then I never really had considered it as an option to do just pastry because I, I believed that it was, you know, a dying art. Like there wasn't very many pastry chefs that I'd met, you know, that did that as their job every day. You were either like a baker, or you, you know, specialized in pastry in a um, in a restaurant kitchen. That's that was all I really knew of pastry chefs. So I went to and did my cert four in patisserie because I just thought, you know, if the if the opportunity arose and there was a job for a pastry chef, that I want to be there and take it. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, it was a bit a bit of a random story, but one of my mates was I was I was up in Cairns working in a restaurant, and one of my mates decided he was moving back to New Zealand um, to study, and so I said, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to move to a city, and I'm I'm going to see if there's any jobs. I had a look online, and they had um, some jobs for pastry chefs at Sky City at the casino, which I figured would be like a big operation in, you know, pastry perspective. And um, I applied and then I left. I just, 25-year-old me was like, caution to the wind, I'm on. And, um, yeah, then I got the job there and I basically went from like a sous chef level, being a chef, all the way back down to being a commie in the pastry kitchen, like, and I, I really had to swallow my pride because it was just like, yeah, like no one cared. They were like, we don't care about your experience. Like pastry chefs are like totally different on it. Yeah. So I, I did get the job, but yeah, it was commie position. And um, yeah, that's where I started. I was there for two and a half years. And that was, I would say that's probably one of, you know, the turning points for me because um, yeah, I had to start from the bottom up again. Like I, I still, you know, I still felt like I had a lot more experience in hospitality, obviously, but pastry is a totally different ballgame. And that, yeah, that hotel, that kitchen in that hotel was, there was about mm, close to 30 pastry chefs in that kitchen. So it was, it, yeah, and um, lots of outlets through the casino and um different um varieties of you know like um you'd have the high rollers room which had like really expensive stuff that we use or you just have your standard everyday cheap 
kind of casino buffets that so so we were literally doing a, a really wide variety of desserts so I got yeah I got taught basically everything from start to finish there and then I did my first competition while I was there um, was the New Zealand Nationals actually and we had to train we trained for nine months for that competition uh, yeah so it was an eight-hour competition and it was me and another team member and we had to present after the eight hours we had to present four plated desserts two entremets which they're the glazed cakes that are, you know, on trend at the moment. Um, and one one showpiece, the chocolate showpiece. So my competition partner, she did the chocolate showpiece and I had to do the rest. And um, basically we trained for the nine months so that we could actually do it within the time frame because to make all of that within an eight-hour window is, yes, pretty <laughs> – it's pretty cool. On. So you're running like the whole time, the whole competition. So, yeah. What desserts did you make? So they had like a, a winter wonderland or like a, a whimsical winter theme. Um, and I did like a – it looked like a snow globe on the plate. That was my dessert. And it was like um, like it had lemon and almond, like a lemon and almond crunch and then a caramel, um, like a creme pat inside the – um, snow globe and then like yeah basically they had had foams to finish and all that sort of stuff and they had to smash open the snow globe and yeah the caramel ran out and stuff like that um, and the, yeah the entremet I still remember the entremets were like the entremet had like five layers inside of it and they they replicated the same flavors throughout the dessert and the glazed cake but sadly my partner's um, the showpiece cracked like 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 half an hour before we were due to present. Yeah, and and one of the giant big flowers that she'd made like this it was it was like a meter and a half tall because we had a height limit, um, and it was just it was so it was amazing. And then the whole flower it cracked and the flower fell off and smashed on the floor. And we both just froze. We were just looking like, what the fuck are we doing? We both, you know, just something just takes your breath away for a minute. And we were like, oh, okay. And um, we just looked at each other like, because with the competition like that, you, you won't place unless you keep going. So you just have to, yeah, just, just finish it. Just keep going to get you, get over the line. So we, um, she had some, some, flower petals and stuff left on the trolley and we just scrambled to make another flower as quickly as we could to stick it onto the piece so that we could present something. So we still ended up with a silver medal. Um, yeah, but even though the showpiece wasn't exactly what it was supposed to be, all my plated desserts and the entremets were all to plan. So, yeah, finished on time, cleaned up presented and still ended up with a silver medal. So that was, that was pretty cool. We were pretty happy with that. What, what did you take from your time in New Zealand and that sort of rich foray into the dessert world? Um, well, that, that was like the grounds of my, my whole, that, that shaped everything for me with, within pastry. Like, like I feel like I really learned, like number one, I absolutely loved it. So like I got in that kitchen and I was like, yep, yeah, this is it, found it, this is where I'm meant to be. 
absolutely loved working. I did all the elements of, um, you know, the, the three sections in the pastry kitchen. So I just learned so much. I felt like I was just a big sponge the whole time I was there and to have done a competition as well on top of it. Like, yeah, like I worked ridiculous hours, of course, but that was like, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the start of everything for me. And I, I feel like I've used, I've also used that training. That was uh, Robert Bock was the name of our executive chef. And he was just probably the best exec that I've worked under or one of. And um, yeah, he, he, he just wanted to share his knowledge and to have someone that wants to share the knowledge is seriously priceless in this day and age. Um, and, and that's really shaped the way I teach other like apprentices and pastry chefs as well. Like everything I, there was like all my base recipes and stuff like you know when you have when you have an executive chef that's willing to share all those recipes that the recipes that work like I still carry around my recipe book with all my original recipes from from um Sky City in Auckland like because I know that they all work it's like yeah you know that it's, it's really priceless that experience and that's for me that's what I pass on to other people was what I learned there and like I guess everything else was just um, that. That was like the basis of my pastry knowledge. I would say. What sort of traits and personality do you think it takes to be a great pastry chef? <laughs> um, patience, number one. Everyone, every chef I talk to, they're like, "Nah, hate pastry. Don't have the patience." Yeah, and um, I don't know. I, I, for me, it's about getting the details perfect. I, in a, even in a restaurant. Like when I used to work fine dining, it used to drive me nuts that like, you know, it was like one, one pedal out of place. And I'd just be like, no, stop, bring the dish back. Like it has to look exactly the way I want it to look, it has to be perfect. And I don't know, it just used to drive me nuts and people would just, you know, be really slack happy and just chuck something on a plate. I'd be like, no, that's not how it's supposed to look. You know, I don't know. It's just the details, I guess. Yeah. That's, um, you need patience and you need to be able to like hone in on the details. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I always say to people, oh, you know, my junior staff is if you, if you don't, if there's something that doesn't feel right about what you're plating, don't send it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just like, yeah, you, you know when you look at when you look at something, when you look at a dessert or a cake or whatever. You, as a pastry chef, in your experience, if you look at it, you're like, "Oh, I need to change that." We'll change it because obviously, you know, it's not quite right. And I feel like a lot of chefs do the same thing. Like they look at something and go, "Oh, that's not quite right," but they just let it go. And that, I, that's the difference for me between a pastry chef and someone who's happy to just you know, let it go. <laughs> a lot of chefs that we've had on Deep in the Weeds talk about the seasons and seasonality and cooking with the seasons. Well, what's that like as a, as a pastry chef and and ensuring that you still have that precision on the plate but working with the seasons? Yeah, like, I mean, it's the same for a pastry chef. I, I find it sometimes it's easier if you work with the seasons because my mind sometimes just goes a bit crazy with, you know, oh, I could do this 
this ingredient and this and this and put that in it. And it's like, no, no, you calm down. You know, if we've got this and it's seasonal, let's go with that and then see how we can change it. Because, yeah, working with seasonal ingredients is, it's, yeah, key for me. But you, it's still up to your interpretation. It's still the way you make it, the way you, you can change anything with spices and different flavors and cooking techniques like yeah it's it's seasonal i i do i love cooking with seasonal produce for sure that's yeah i think it's so it's sour at the moment um is, is there any um dish that you have on the menu at the moment or that you've created recently that speaks of of summer right so um i I did a, I recently did a photo shoot with a photographer here on the Gold Coast and I like, I just love berries. That's like, um, yeah, fresh raspberries. Um, when they're, when they're in season, they're just, yeah, awesome. So I, I'm just thinking I, I did like a bomb Alaska style that had fresh raspberry inside, um, just with like some really cool, uh, meringue shards on the outside and you know just it was more it was more kind of more like an eat and mess kind of yeah pastry cream raspberry just your classic with the meringue all around the outside and some sponge and um yeah like uh, the raspberries and berries are my favorite thing to use in summer yeah you spent quite a bit of time um, working up in Cairns at the Pullman. Um, how, how different was that environment and creating um, pastry dishes in Cairns compared to your experiences in New Zealand? Yeah. So Cairns, humidity 100%. Um, obviously, that no sugar work. <laughs> no, you know, like there's all these things you can't do, stuff I've never, ever, funny story, I tried to make a uh, sable, which, you know, sable is just your basic um, uh, sweet um, with, with my recipe that I had over in New Zealand, think of Auckland's freezing cold. Can is like really, really hot. This pastry recipe has 50% butter, if not more. Um, so I tried to make the pastry. I got it out of the fridge. Um, I put it on the bench. I rolled it out and I was um, – just about to put it through the dough sheeter. Um, yeah. And then finished rolling it out, rolled it onto my rolling pin and it literally, I picked the rolling pin up and it literally just, the whole thing just went thud. Like it all fell. It was like two kilos of pastry just fell in a big heap on the dough sheeter because the butter is just like, it just was like, a, <laughs> the butter just was so melted in cans. And I, that was I guess I didn't really think about that until it happened to me. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to need to adapt and change my recipes to suit the climate here. Like it was just even whipped cream. I'd never, you know, I'd never seen whipped cream just kind of curdle in the bowl sitting on the bench. Like <laughs> so, yeah, so same thing. And then oh, later on I did – um. I, I did the saver competition in Sydney and Melbourne, like oh, three years running I did it and it was exactly the same thing happened to me going from Cairns and then back down to Sydney or Melbourne to do these competitions. 
I the first competition was a nightmare because all my gelatin in my mousses, like the <laughs> up in Cairns, you need extra gelatin because it just, you know, it won't set otherwise and it definitely won't sit out on the bench and hold its shape like a cake. And then um, when I went down to Sydney, it was cold and I was like, my cake, like the mousse in the cake was solid and felt like such an idiot because I'm like, save a competition is, you know, that's world-class and here's me just not even having the right gelatin and consistency in my mousses. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. But anyway, <laughs> it's not, and it's not really ideal to be changing your recipes like the night before the competition like that. Yeah. But anyway, that's definitely something that you have to consider in working in different environments with pastry. Like it's temperamental at the best of times. So yeah. These days you're back on the Gold Coast. Uh, what's it been like the last couple of years in a hotel environment with with everything that's gone on, with the lack of travel and tourists? And what sort of impact has it had on what you do there? So, um, major. Um, I, it's, yeah, where do I start? Um, sorry. It, at the moment, our hotel is actually operating as our quarantine facility. So, yeah, so basically for me, you know, like I don't definitely my opinions are my own and I don't speak on behalf of the hotel or anything like that, but um, it, it's been really hard because basically with my chefing background, they said to me, you know, we don't really need a pastry chef. So because I had both trades, they said, we want you to step back into the main kitchen. Um, basically, like, you know, yeah, it kind of, to be honest, it kind of sucked because I had to, after, like, it's been 10 years that I've been a pastry chef now. So I've been doing, you know, both for, like, similar amounts of time. And the last thing I wanted to do was step back into the main kitchen because I love pastry. Like, it's, yeah, just what I really enjoy doing. And, yeah, so the obviously they made the decision to run as a – um quarantine facility and so I had to run the main kitchen and start writing menus that were yeah not you know definitely not a five-star standard let's let's just say that it was a massive shock like yeah I I feel like it's been hard hard hit obviously the hotel industry hospitality industry in general um yeah, and I've definitely shared several conversations with friends who are, um, were working with me or in the same industry, just massive blow, like massive blow for, well, yeah, I would say definitely. If you're a pastry chef and you're working in a hotel, you would be lucky to have your full, like your role and your position, uh, very lucky to still have that, Yeah. How are you feeling about the future of your role in, in pastry and hotels? So at this point, um, they're, look, they're still looking to reopen, obviously, reopen the hotel with the way everything is at the moment. Um, I don't know, probably mid to late end, end of the year. Um, only like the thing I I actually observed was the climate on the Gold Coast is um, – 
just the way, yeah, the way it is, it's, it's weird. It's like really dead during the week. And then the weekends is just full capacity. Like it is so that is so hard on the team, like on the chefing team, because you just like, <laughs> I'm talking like 20 or 30 people during the week. And then the weekend nearly full capacity is for 450, 470 in house. And it's just, just <laughs> that's, that is trying to serve, you know, even breakfast for that many people um, in the mornings on the weekend is just nuts. You have to almost have your full brigade um, working on the weekends because that's and, – and a lot of girls on the Gold Coast are experiencing the same – exactly the same thing, that they're just getting absolutely rolled on the weekends. One of the exciting things you've got coming up is um, – uh, you've been invited to take over a palate restaurant and do a full dessert degustation dinner. Can you tell us about that? Oh, I'm so excited about this. Um, yeah, Dayan, the executive chef there, um, he contacted me um, basically based on what I've been, you know, posting on my Instagram because I, I, I've been, I still like to do my dessert stuff on the side. So as I said, I recently worked with one of my photographer uh, a, a mate who's a photographer and we did a couple of days where I just um I did a whole heap of prep and I went into the studio and I um plated up heaps of desserts and stuff and just just for a whole like well I love doing it number one but also number two was for content on my um social media account because I've found that I have nil um working in my position at the moment um but yeah day in um he just said to me, look, I've seen, you know, some of your desserts that you've been um, doing on Instagram and, yeah, they said we'd like to, we'd be interested in talking to you about coming in um, and um, taking over the restaurant to do a dessert degustation. They, um, they haven't done anything like that before and, um, yeah, that, yeah, I thought that was really cool. So... Have you got any idea of what you're going to do yet? Uh, I've only had like brief discussions, but like I've already got pages and pages and pages full of ideas. Um, we're possibly looking at the concept um, Sweet Escape because nobody's had, you know, the chance really to get away. Um, yeah, but just I really love interactive desserts. So I love theatre. I love desserts that, you know, you kind of have, I don't know, something's like being lit on fire or something's um, got dry dry ice and there's smoke coming from it or, you know, really theatrical kind of stuff. And I love um, bright colours, you know, really fresh flavours, not too sweet. I'm not like... One of those, I don't, I don't love really overly sweet, overpowering desserts. I like them to be nice and fresh and, yeah, just feel like you're not going to have to go to the dentist after you eat them. Um, but, yeah, I guess I guess that's um, that's kind of my style and it'll be, I think, five, five courses we're doing um, plus, you know, starters and then most likely petty fours as well so yeah yeah still in the planning stages um with the menu because yeah have to go back and forth also with day and the chef there so yeah you had a, a detour into the pastry kitchen but really found your feet in a, in a true passion what, what is it that you love about what you do um 
I think for me, it's the creative element. Like, and, you know, when I, I found, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I'm in my element. Like time, time passes. Like I might be doing something for hours and hours and it just doesn't, you know, you know, it doesn't feel like I've been sitting there for that long, you know, like. I don't know how to describe that, but time just seems to fly when I'm in the pastry kitchen. I just, just love it, really. Just being creative and um, being able to make things that taste good and um, especially, like, um, when we do we do specialised, like, room amenities usually at the hotel um, for guests that might have, um, you know, an anniversary or, you know, some special occasion that they're there for. Um, we do like small show pieces or, you know, you know, intricate things with chocolate just to make their stay a little bit more, um, personal. Um, and that sort of stuff when I'm set with a special task to do, um, for guests is like, that's really, I really enjoy that stuff too. Well, the, the dessert degustation dinner that you're doing is on in mid-March at Palette Restaurant. Um, good luck with that. And it's been an honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds to hear just a bit of your story. Please keep in touch and uh, we'll catch up again soon. For sure. Perfect. Okay. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.